What would you do if you had $93,000 in cold, hard cash? Uh, maybe pay off some student loans. I'd enter it all into the lottery. <laughs> well, I'd operate a fleet of two hybrid vans. Huh? Hello, everyone. Welcome to No Offense, one of the Daily Bruins' official opinion podcasts. My name is Keshav Thadamiti. I'm the Daily Bruins' opinion editor, and we have a fun crew of calmness with us today. And we are here to talk about, yes, two hybrid vans that cost $93,000 to maintain. We'll talk more about that in the podcast. But first, let's introduce everybody here. Hi, I'm Andrew H. Howdery. I'm an opinion columnist. I'm Riley Barbarian. I am also an opinion columnist. Yes, we have some familiar, familiar faces here, I guess in familiar voices in your ears well yeah weird imagery let's not go there um but we're going to talk about something that's sort of been come up in the news cycle the past week which is student fees um so last monday um the daily Bruin ran an opinion column by Stephen wire about uh the student services fee which is something we all pay each quarter and how this is sort of a lump sum expense that we all pay for a variety of student services, things like the Counseling and Psychological Center, um, funding the Community Programs Office, paying administrative salaries as well. Yeah, we pay people salaries, including Jean Blocks. And it's sort of the column brought up the kind of idea that we don't know where all this funding goes to, that there's no really like specific breakdown of how the student fee student services fee goes to. This is something that's paid at a variety of UC campuses um, for each of their campus-specific needs. And we pay a lot of money in general for campus fees, um, usually earmarked for certain purposes. But this one, it's it's not really tagged that much. Um, And uh, so there's a funding body called the Student Fee Advisory Committee that basically collects all this money. It's chaired by the chancellor, so Gene Block, um, Uncle Gene. Actually, no, he's not an uncle, never mind. Daddy Gene, there we go. Basically, uh, the chancellor, a couple administrators, and some student representatives who are appointed by the graduate student government and the undergraduate student government, so GSA and USAC, um, basically help basically disperse money. They are the allocation committee. And this opinion column found some kind of questionable expenses. Um, Andrew, do you want to run us through some of these sort of eye-bulging fun stuff? Yeah, so the the opinion column definitely reveals some crazy expenses that um, are paid for by the student services services fees. Uh, Zach Fisher, uh, incoming graduate student association president, said that half of it goes to CAPS, so $550 of services to CAPS, but he does, is quoted saying that he doesn't believe students get that um, actual amount of money in, in services from CAPS. Uh, the column later goes on to say that some of the funding allocation documents that were released by student fees advisory committees shows that community programs office uh, funding requests have increased, and one of them was a nearly $2,000 salary increase for the community service advisor. Um, but it gets a lot worse than that, as the column later states that community programs office spent more than $93,000 of student funds to continue operating a fleet of two hybrid vans. Uh, it goes on to say that almost $11,000 were used to purchase an iPad Pro, a MacBook Pro, and associated technology, whatever that means. And then another $13,000 was allocated toward professional photography material for the community programs office staff. So um, that's that's just honestly a lot to go through, but there's definitely some problems with those fees, just for sure. I'm sorry, where are you buying this iPad and MacBook? Or are you buying like a million copies of Microsoft Word? There's no way that adds up to $11,000. 
maybe they're buying a lot of copies of Minecraft, or maybe they're trying to torrent a bunch of Jeopardy or Jeopardy subscriptions. Right? Can you even subscribe to Jeopardy? I'd pay. I don't know. I'd pay twenty six ninety five. How many times to reach eleven thousand dollars? But yeah, these are some interesting expenses, and this is just only part of the um, sort of equation. Like like Andrew said, half of the expenditures tend to go to student services, like CAPS, and to offices like the Community Programs Office. And the other sort of, I guess, half or so, or segment of it goes to pay administrative salaries. And as we know, we keep seeing more vice chancellors each of these days. What do they do for us? Well, that's how administrative bloat works. And the columns sort of touched on the idea about needing more transparency, needing to sort of challenge how these student fees are used. And I want to kick it to you guys. Like, what do you think about this expenditure? Both of you are freshmen, and I'm an aging senior who, do I have white hair? I can't really tell. There's no mirror in this room. I'm kind of glad about that. Um, but like, what, what do you think about, you know, you're coming into UCLA, you're paying these bloated fees. You're here for, you're here for the long run. Like, what do you think about hearing that some people are spending 13 grand on photography material? Yeah, I mean, I don't think paying student fees is an issue when they're actually going to things that you can benefit from, like if they were actually going to services that students are going to use. I mean, when you see stuff like this, it kind of just makes you like really annoyed that your fees are being used for such silly purposes, like photography equipment, um, iPads, MacBooks, like especially when you don't even know what those things are actually being used for in the community programs office. Like, why do they need an iPad? Why do they need a MacBook? Why do they need all this photography equipment? Like, what is the purpose of use of like them using fees to buy those things? So it's just kind of unfortunate, and I think it's even worse that like it's just now. Um, that a lot of students are kind of finding out about this because of the opinion column and also like a news article that ran after explaining how students don't know a lot about student fees. I think it's just like sad that there's like such a lack of transparency and especially when these fees are being used for such silly purposes, like it's just kind of unfortunate and not really fair, I think. I think it's really funny. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how you waste like this much money with this little effectiveness. Like, I guess I'm, I'm okay paying with it, paying for it. Because I feel like I'm paying for my degree, essentially. If I don't pay it, like, what, what choice do I have? You just kick me out. This is going to happen when you let your bureaucracy get as big as the University of California has. So as we keep adding this, keep adding more administrators, more vice chancellors, all that stuff, there's going to be more expenditures, and we're not going to know where the expenditures are going. And apparently 93000 of our dollars are going to go to two vans, that are meant to save gas. (laughs) When you put it like that, those are some expensive vans. Yeah, I don't know. I guess they're breaking down each month and you got to replace the whole transmission. So I guess it's understandable. (laughs) Yeah, I guess, sure. Expensive parking in LA, I suppose. Yeah, I guess you're charging yourself for parking on two vans, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, no, Riley, you do have a good point that like, you know, as inflation comes into play as we hire more administrators student fees are on the rise and in fact um you know i think regularly or at least every so often when we've had fee referenda show up on the usac ballot each year um and then last year or two years ago we had a couple fee referenda the year before or two years before that we had a fee referenda as well one of one of which was to fund the daily brew and student media it was three dollars each quarter so nine dollars total the price of three cups of coffee sorry Habit. I was campaigning for that like for bajillion hours each week, and I've been traumatized since. Or maybe not. I don't know. Bruin Walk did a lot to shape me that year. It's my freshman year. I'm ranting. But, you know, these kind of fear I do keep popping up. 
um, students have agreed to pay for something, for example, like the um, TGIF fund, which is the Green Initiative Fund, to pay for improving sustainability on campus, on the Hill and whatnot. They paid for um, uh, student wellness. Uh, I think it's called hashtag student wellness referendum, which was to improve funding for CAPS as well and other student wellness programs. There was a referendum called the Social Justice Referendum to give money to a bunch of student organizations and also open up, like it or not, 24-hour wooden, which happens Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday each week, I believe. That was a big thing. Those were big things. You paid $25 each quarter for that, so that was $75 every student fees. And that's kind of how, like, racking up student fees more and more. It seems like the student services fee, though, on the other hand, is sort of less transparent and all that. It's not as earmarked. And sort of administrators' response to the set of criticism is that, you know, the Student Fee Advisory Committee meetings are public. Um, people can attend them and, you know, voice their concerns to the administration um, or to their student representatives. So how do you sort of respond to that? Like, do you find these, I guess, for start off, do you find these meetings sort of transparent enough? And if you had the opportunity to do to attend them, do you think that, like, you would be able to sort of air your concerns about the usage of these fees. Uh, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I know in the article it stated that um, Zach Fisher, I think he's a member of the Student Fees Advisory Committee, and he's also, as I mentioned previously, like the incoming Graduate Student Association president. He said that like it was held in a room for that could hold like 20 people, so basically barely anyone could go. And they also, he said that a lot of the students on the committee are like kind of being pressured by administrators to do certain things. So I feel like even the students on the committee are like having trouble trying to actually like do things that might benefit students. I mean, I think if I went to the meetings, like I would hope that I would find information out about where my fees are going, but I, you know, you never really know like whether these things, whether they actually discuss it out in the open or whether it's like they try to make it so confusing so you don't even know what's happening and whether even like even if you said anything like your voice would actually be heard i mean i think it's just like unfortunate that there's like so many levels of bureaucracy you have to go through to actually like tell someone that like this is an issue and like you kind of just are hoping that the fees are being used in the correct way and like in ways that are actually helping you and it's just like really annoying when you find out that they're not i mean especially with like Recently, the UC Board of Regents voted to, like, raise out-of-state tuition. So, like, e university costs are rising and, like, the fees you're already paying, you just want them to actually be used to go to something that helps you. So that's just kind of annoying. But I don't know if this – I don't know if the meetings would necessarily help. I mean, it's possible. But when, like, you can only fit a certain number of people and students are being pressured on the committee anyway, it sounds like it's not really doing a lot. What do you think, Riley? Do I think the meetings would help? Heck no, dude. Have you ever been to a meeting? Do you know how boring those things are? Like, if I had an op opportunity to go to those where it would tell me everything, I still wouldn't go because they're so boring. You've, you've been to USAC meetings, Keshav. You know how boring meetings can be. And even if they, like, publish the minutes, you know what I have to do? I have to read them. Maybe if they release, like, a snappy, cool video that would give me uh, these are just ideas here man like please take them <laughs> please release like a video with a bunch of pop colors and as many hashtags as you can include it to like please my zoomer brain but um yeah that's like the only way i'll be able to digest that information because otherwise i'll just fall asleep in the meeting the only reason i actually make it through usac meetings is because i live tweet um, but I think sometimes it's not so good for my health because, you know, I don't know if people are going to start throwing tomatoes at me or just like orange peels or banana peels. I, I don't know. Like I always, you know, start my homework late because of that. 
and so I did, you know, I decided to sort of take a vacation from USAC, and I still come home late on my Tuesday evenings. But enough about my uh, sorry life. Um, yeah, and no, I think you do, you do touch on an interesting point that, like, you know, transparency may not necessarily always help in terms of public scrutiny because this is a big campus, and I don't even know where the Student Fee Advisory Committee meetings are even held, and I go to too many meetings. I go to meetings every day, sometimes multiple meetings in one day, sometimes multiple meetings at the same time in one day. Um, yeah, meetings within meetings. Um, but I think one question I want to kick it to is that, you know, higher education in general has a sort of interesting dichotomy that, like, universities are incre increasingly being asked to give things like student services. Like, at a, there was a time when CAPS and psychological and counseling services were sort of unheard of, that people were fighting for them, university was fighting back, saying, why should we provide these services? Probably same thing for, you know, services for students who have food insecurity or housing insecurity, that, like, the university is being increasingly called on to address student needs, right, and student inequities. And there's an interesting sort of self-perpetuating system where, you know, it costs money to put up these services, so students pay more for those fees or for those services and that increasingly puts a more financial strain on them so then you have to provide more services and more fees and you eventually get the point like things sort of spiral out of control um you can even see an example of this with the uh uc where like you know you increase student tuition and the uc says we're going to give a part of it to financial aid but like not everybody can then like you increase tuition then more people need to go on financial aid, but you can't provide financial aid to everybody. So then you like sort of decrease the accessibility of the university. So I think just given that, like, is this sort of ine inevitable that like we're going to have this kind of fees going to things that we don't like or that going to services and that we're maybe not going to get our bang for our buck? Like we pay $550 to CAPS. Do we necessarily get those services or those benefits? Not really, but like, doesn't that mean we have to pay more? So like, what what, what do you think about this? Do you think it's sort of inevitable that we won't get the services that we want, but we'll still have to be paying more and more. I mean, yeah, I definitely think like it is inevitable. Like you necessarily, you won't necessarily benefit from the services that your student fees pay for. I feel like the, it's like a lot of things in life. Like you pay for things that you might not necessarily benefit from. But I think like, first of all, when you arrive at UCLA, you never know what you're going to use. Like maybe you won't use caps at all the whole time you're here, but like, I feel like it's still necessary to have that for other students and to just maintain like a healthy campus. Like definitely there are student services that are necessary, even if it comes at the cost of like rising fees for sure. I think like the real problem is like, you have to make sure that the services that are being proposed are actually like going to help a lot of students and that they're not going to be taken advantage of by like administrators and people who like don't know what they're doing and who allocate the fees in silly ways and do silly things with them. Like, they really need to be going to actually like provide good services so that a lot of students can have access to them and use them. But again, it's like hard, right? Because you're on a campus of so many students, so it's not necessarily easy to provide like um, like good quality services and like have everyone use them. So it's like one of those things where it's like, are you willing to pay for the services um, even if you never use them? just so like other people can I feel like a lot of students would say yeah I, I would be willing to pay for that I think like the problem is like you have to make sure that they're actually when when you when those uh, when that money's getting taken out of your tuition it's actually going to something that's going to help someone as opposed to just like going to like some administrator to do for some silly purpose like it actually has to be necessary but it's yeah it is definitely a hard question when like students want more services um like, it's understandable why students want more services, but it's also understandable why they want lower costs, and it's just kind of like a hard balance to strike, I think, between what services are actually necessary and what you could, like, cut down on and save some money on. So it's, like, hard, but I don't think, like, at some point it's going to become inevitable. Yeah, if you want these services, you have to pay more, and that's just kind of how it goes. Yeah, I don't know. I have a problem admitting 
an inevitability in $13,000 for professional photography material. Like when when students ask for more student services and they want to raise their fees for that, they want, like you were saying, they want mental health services. They want therapists to talk to when they feel depressed or anxious or something. They don't want $13,000 for people to take pictures of the CPO staff. They want more, I don't know, race or gender equity in their school. They don't want $11,000 for an iPad Pro or a MacBook or whatever software you're buying. I don't know how much software you can get or you can even put on one MacBook Pro or one iPad Pro. But I don't know. I feel like if you spend the money right, you don't have to keep increasing the funds. If you cut these expenditures out, you can keep this you can keep your fees the same and get more stuff that'll actually benefit the students and not the administration because we already pay the administrators salaries we don't necessarily need to pay for every whim or superfluous cost that they want that's an interesting point um yeah i think actually something interesting that Zach Fisher who was um as andrew mentioned the source who provided a lot of this information to the daily bruin one of the things that he has proposed or that other members of the SFAC body have proposed is capping administrative salaries to be no more than that of, I believe, the governor of California who gets paid like $200,000 a year. Um, and so Gene Block, for example, has a total salary of like 420 some odd thousand. Add in benefits, he's making 500 grand because they're saying, you know, it, you know they shouldn't be making more than uh, you know, Gavin Newsom should be making up in Capitol Hill. Um, and like, you know, their administrators sort of try to take that off the table or pressure people against that because it hinders their ability to attract talent and stuff. But I think you do bring up a good point, Riley, that like, obviously this means that money isn't going to the right places. And I don't know, $93,000 of my student fees going to support two hybrid vans. Like, come on, it doesn't cost that much money to, to operate your Toyota Sienna or well, even hybrid vans are out there. Like I was, I was actually looking when this column was. I was editing this column. Like I think the average hybrid van is like a Chrysler or something, and it costs like I don't know forty k, fifty k to buy one. So to manage it, like, what are these people buying two hybrid vans? Like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, don't we already have like a bus and like other vans? Like, I don't know. Just where are these vans parked? I don't know, scavenger hunt time? Like, listeners, if you happen to know where the vans are, like, just send me an email, you know, ktadamedi at dailybruin.com, or even Twitter, at thadimatikasia, like, just, or dailybruin, at dailybruin, or at dvopinion, like, where are these vans? Hashtag, where are the vans? Um, any, any closing thoughts before we jump on to our next section? I guess I would just say, like, like, just to kind of end it, like, I feel like it's clear, like, there has to be some sort of cost-cutting measures, like, in place, like, it seems like these students kind of just, like, get money, and they're like, oh, like, we can do so many things. Let's just, like, do whatever we want. You know, we have all this money. Like, they're probably maybe not thinking about, like, the larger picture of, like, student fees. So um, I just hope, like, this column and also, like, the news article that came out after, like, will actually, like, raise some awareness for, like, how these fees are being used and, like, hopefully, like, make sure they're going to the right places and, like, actually providing things that students can use and that are actually beneficial to students instead of just, like, this money being wasted on things that are not helpful or necessary. Hashtag. Where are the two vans? We'll be back after a short break with a completely different topic, football. And no, not the concussion one. 
You know what's more controversial than $93,000 in wasted student fees? Artificial turf soccer fields. Yeah, so if you haven't heard, Westwood is ablaze about a football field. And we're talking like legit, legit football, like the one with their foot, not the one with the helmet and a head. And a foot for only about a tenth of the sport. Sorry, Raiders fans or Rams fans or Chargers fans, I guess. I was once a Chargers fan, but then they moved up to Los Angeles. Anyway, I'm getting past the point. So if you don't know, Westwood has a park. Yeah, so Westwood Park, which is like, I think if you go an hour south, not an hour south, a mile south of down Wilshire-ish, you'll reach like the Westwood Recreation Center. And near there is where you'll find the Westwood Park. Um, it's it's a dog park-ish area. It's sort of open fields. Dogs love to go around there. The Daily Brand has done some video about dogs. It's great. It's like it's like a feel-good place. It makes you forget about how expensive it is to live in this, you know, godforsaken neighborhood. But there's been a big controversy-ish where like thousands of residents are upset because part of that field is going to go toward um, making an artificial turf soccer field um, because there really isn't a soccer place in Westwood, I guess, unless you want to play street soccer on one of North Village's many cracked streets, which I guess would make for a very interesting time when you're going in for that field goal. You know, the, the Daily Bruin covered a story about this last week, and it's it's been catching fire. Like, people are commenting on this. The quotes in the story are just epic. And we wanted to take a chance to appreciate where civic engagement thrives in local governance and artificial soccer fields. Um, so, you guys want to get started on this party jam session? I just love how much of a non-issue this thing is. Like, there's so much going on in the world, man. Why do we have 2,700 signatures on a change.org petition to put in a soccer field? And then, hold on, 1,500 petitions, signatures on a petition opposing the soccer field. Like, dang, don't you guys have, like, something to do? (laughs) Like, holy, my... Aren't you worried about, like, climate change or something? Like, this soccer field does not seem worth this. Oh, no. I just think one of the, one of the greatest things about, about this article is one of, one of the early paragraphs on says, the proposal has drawn polarized responses from members of the Westwood community, which uh, I would have never thought that an artificial turf soccer field would be described as drawing polarized responses. But, I mean... I have to agree with Riley. Like, yeah, it seems, it seems like uh, everyone should just, like, chill out a bit. You know, like, I feel like we can discuss this in more of a low-key manner than it is right now. Like, <laughs> I definitely think it's very funny, some of the quotes and the outrage. But, um, you know, hopefully they can figure it out and just just enjoy the open space and maybe play some soccer together. Maybe relax that way and make up. So I've actually been to a couple of these public meetings, like, I went to a Westwood Neighborhood Council meeting once back in my time when last year when the Neighborhood Council decided to summon the Daily Brain Editorial Board and our managing editor sort of took me along and I got lambasted for a good five minutes. I was told to not say a word. I didn't say anything except you're free to write in submissions to the Daily Brain and they just tore into me. I was like a little kid, a gingerbread man getting roasted on a pan. That's what I was. And then someone told me to listen to our podcast and it was kind of creepy, but I was like fine um but you know and i also went to actually um the environmental i think it's a CEQA, so the california environmental quality act meeting public meeting that ucla held on building the geffen academy which is a middle and high school for faculty's children and some los angeles residents and people were livid about a parking 
like lot. They were like, oh, this is going to bring in so much traffic. Well, so it's going to be congested. Veteran Avenue is going to get roasted. And I'm like, where are these places? Because I was a freshman. And now I walk by Gaffin Academy every day and I go, I don't see no public people getting pissed. So like local politics does matter because all politics is local. And I guess people love their dogs. Um, but what really caught me was like how passionate people were. And the news story did a really good job of capturing some of that. So Riley, do you want to read some of the quotes that people were saying? My only desire to go to Westwood Park was because it was so empty. That looks okay, but if we go walk around there, you're going to step in some holes. And if you're running, you step in holes, you're going to twist or possibly break your ankle. (laughs) I got an email from the park saying, hey, we're having this meeting about a turf field in Westwood. Like a soccer field in Westwood? How is this the first time I'm hearing of this? If they, if they had sent an email six months ago to the community saying there's a proposal coming in to turn this grass field into a synthetic field, I think at that point there would have been a great time for people to have some input. <laughs> My honest opinion, I think this is a good thing. For kids to be active, different people at different ages to play soccer. And then <laughs> from this guy's wife, I do like the open space. Our daughter likes to run, so that's going to be gone. <laughs> This just feels like such, I don't want to sound crass, but it just feels like such first world problems. Like, you know, Westwood has a crumbling infrastructure. We don't have housing. People don't have access to food or secure food resources and healthy meals. And we're like, yo, stop what you're doing. Stop the presses. There's an artificial soccer field coming to town. Time to start signing petitions and rallying your friends because your children are losing their playtime area. Like, what like just back home in san diego like we got a park when i was in seventh grade otherwise i had to like walk like two miles to get to a park and it sucked and i never played in there i just played on the concrete like it's okay soccer is still fun even if there's no grass and dogs can still run around even if there's no grass i think it's just like people enjoy being outraged and it's like kind of fun for them to just like uh latch onto an issue and pick a side like it, i have to agree yeah there's definitely some bigger problems and it just seems like a lot of these people just enjoy like the fight you know like are you for the turf soccer field are you against it it's like i don't know i think it's just like something for people to get angry about i would definitely wonder how many people have ever been to the park used the park frequently will use the park in the future like i definitely wonder if it's an issue that actually affects them but yeah i mean it's it's definitely funny to see all the outrage and i think it's just one of the, one of those things people enjoy yeah man old people are just bored dude they got to do something <laughs> like they don't play video games like if they went on the internet i'm sure they wouldn't be this mad but like yeah just let them do something i don't know this is like a low stakes issue that i guess shouldn't make people hate them as much as like national politics or anything as serious as that so i mean i think that i think that's just what local politics is period it's just like dog parks and soccer fields letting old people do something yeah sure like let them feel like they're doing something important i mean to their credit they are on (laughs) change.org but i think i think we've i think we've kicked the soccer ball enough on this topic or i guess we've dug enough holes in the dog park i don't know the puns are getting old and I guess so is the clientele. Um, That's it for this week's No Offense podcast. Tune in next week for our last podcast of the year. I know the end of the year is near and it's sad because I'll be gone, but it's all right.
you can mourn my loss later <laughs> or maybe not at all um but yeah um be sure to tune into us on apple Podcasts, on google play store podcast soundcloud too and dailybrewing.com slash category slash podcast we'll see you all around